Test one, two, one, two, test one, two, one, two. This is Uncle Hokage, your Otaku uncle. How's everybody doing this morning? It is bright and semi early, and I've just poured myself my cup of coffee, and I have just logged in and gotten all my stuff situated, and I have my Hunterpedia up today. Today, what I'm hoping to accomplish is I want to do part two of the Hunter Hunter uh, extravagance. So as a lot of people have already anticipated or expected, if you've listened to um, any of my previous stuff, you know that Hunter Hunter is my favorite manga in the world. It's also in my top five anime in the world. I love this anime. I love this manga to a almost surreal and ridiculous degree, and I can never, ever get enough of it. So what I'm doing is I'm kind of going in and I'm expressing the reasons why I feel like this is one of the most brilliant shows ever created. Togashi is one of the greatest mangakas and storytellers ever to grace the face of the earth. Um, so if you haven't already, listen to part one where I break down how I came to know and love and discover Hunter Hunter. And then I also went through the beginning portions of getting to the test and the test and those cool, exciting moments about the story. So I've got my Hunterpedia up and ready. I have my coffee right here waiting for it to cool down a little bit. But I kind of want to get right into it because this story is very precious. The story is very cool. So for this segment, we're going to spoil the next two or three arcs. I will shout the arcs out as they're coming along. This next one is Rescue Kilua. So after the hunter's exam, they're sitting around and Leorio and Karapika and everybody is having a discussion when Gon like storms in. Gon is furious, as we stated last time, because uh, he found out that Ilumi did something to Kilua. And everybody, and he, he, he storms over and he says, apologize to, to Kilua. He grabs Ilumi, yanks him up by his forearm, crushes his forearm, and he says, you need to go apologize to Kilua right now. I'm taking you myself. Ilumi extends his hand slowly. Gon jumps back. He realizes that something kind of crazy and weird is going on. Um, and it's funny because the chairman, Netero, as Gon is stating his uh, concerns, he says, Gon, you came at the perfect time. That's exactly what the candidates are discussing right now. Kilua and Leorio are stating that, or I'm sorry, Karapika and Leorio are stating that Kilua was not acting himself, that Ilumi obviously put some sort of spell or hypnosis on Hisoka. And they said, uh, well, you can't, hypnotize somebody to kill someone, but you can hypnotize somebody to do something that is within their normal wheelhouse. And for Kilua, killing, killing, kill, Kilua, killing is right in his uh, regular MO. He was grown up as an assassin. He was trained to be one of the most deadly assassins on the planet from his assassin family. So for him, it's like training him or it's like hypnotizing him and telling him, okay, go ride your bike for most kids. That's what was so crazy. Uh, but Gon says, none of that matters. Kilo can just take the test next year. All I care about is that Ilumi 
did something to his brother and he needs to go apologize. That's all I care about. Gon is furious. And Netero agrees. He says, yes, my decisions are final. Once you fail or pass the test, that is it. If you don't feel like you've earned your license, go train until you feel strong. If you feel like you have, or if you deserve it, train stronger and then come back next year if you didn't pass. That is that. And as things kind of separate, and Gon distances himself from Illumi and goes with Karapika and Leorio. Um, we have a brief conversation with Illumi and Hisuka. Hisuka notices Illumi's arm is big and swollen. He says, is that broken? Illumi looks down at it casually and is like, yeah, it is. Huh, that kid Gon is going to be a serious threat in the future. Maybe I should kill him now. Hisuka glares at him and says, you obviously know that if you kill him now, I am going to be your enemy next. And you don't want me as your enemy, Illumi. Illumi sighs and says, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. I definitely don't want you as my enemy, Hisuka. Oh, well, so I'll leave him to you. And that's kind of that. He disappears. The hunters separate. They fade off into the distance. And gone, Kurapika and Leorio, three friends, get a brief overview about what they can do now with their hunter's license. But the main thing that's on their mind is they're worried about their new found friend, Killua. He saved them from Joan, Jonas Jones, the serial killer. He uh, helped them in other situations. He is definitely strong enough and capable enough to be a hunter. Um, but there's something else sinister going on in his home life. So, they travel, and they decide to go and save him. This is where the story gets pretty, um, pretty interesting, because we start to get the backstory on Kilua and his family, and I think that's really the point of this next arc: is the backstory. Kilua's family, where he is coming from, what his story is, and why he acts and behaves in the way that he does. So we kind of uh, show uh, Gon and Karapika and uh, Leorio headed on a bus and a train and some other avenues to get there. But first the camera kind of like pans over, it fades out and we show Kilua hanging from the ceiling uh, in chains. Big giant shackles are gripping his forearms and he's just dangling there in the dark, getting whipped. You see thousands of scars and bruises all over his body as a big overweight guy whips him. And the, 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 the overweight guy is, uh, is his big brother. It's um, the middle child, Miluki. And He's whipping Kilua and he's hitting him and he like puts his cigarette out on him and we're like immediately shocked until you zoom in and find out that Kilua is basically asleep. And Miluki says, hey, 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 wake up, wake up. <laughs> and then he takes a cigarette and he puts it out on Kilua. He's like, yeah, you hate that, don't you? And Kilua's like, huh? Oh, yeah, oh, it hurts so much. <laughs> and that's when you start to realize what kind of training has this kid undergone where the torture doesn't even affect him? Cigarette burns don't, he doesn't even feel them. How strong is this family? Now, Kilua just hangs there 
for a while, and uh, Milky says, "Fine. Well, if you, if 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 I'm not hurting you, then maybe I should take out and kill your best new friend. Gone. Maybe I should kill him." And that's when Kilua gets mad. He loses it. He rips the shackles out the ceiling, pops them off of his arm, and he says, "If you kill Gone." I will kill you if you go after him, if you harm him in any way. And his brother is scared. And that just goes to show you on the ranking scale, Killua is a much more deadly, terrifying killer. Miliki is capable, but he is not in Killua's avenue. And so this is where things start to get kind of cool because in Killua's backstory, we start to see the uh, assassin family for whom they are and how they uh, have kind of come to uh, come to be. There's like a family portrait showing Kilo's mother, um, his uh, father, Silva, Miliki, uh, Ilomi, and um, who, oh yeah, his grandfather. I'm trying to figure out the grandfather's name. Oh, the names are right here. This never happens, everybody. Um, Zeno. And then the great-grandfather, Maha. And the mom is wearing this weird visor thing, and her face is wrapped in bandages with a giant hat. And uh, then you have uh, Kaluto, who we thought was a little sister, but now we're thinking maybe it's a little brother. I'm not really sure. But you start to notice within this family that the the father has wild silver hair and the mother has straight black hair and all the kids look like the mother except for Kilua who looks like his father Kilua is the only one that has straight that has that wild silver hair and as a result for, I don't know if that's the reason, but for some reason, Kilua is what they state as the most talented assassin. He is the most deadly. He has the biggest skill set for killing, but he also has the most compassion, and they've been trying to stamp that out for years. So he goes... And he is brought in front of his father. And his father, I believe, was having a conversation with his mother or his grandfather talking about how the different skill sets of the different sons and daughters. But Ilumi is the strongest right now. He's the oldest. He has the best temperament for an assassin, but he's not as talented as Kilua is going to be. And Miliki is smart and stuff, but he makes stupid Things his brother, his brother Miliki is basically a, a neat. He uh, plays games. He has giant figurines and anime collections. He's out of shape. He doesn't eat good. He makes silly killer robots. Stuff like that. That is what I'm getting at. Um, in addition to that, what's so great uh, about this story is you kind of get to now see how the world views Kilua. So we have our three heroes, Gon, Kurapika, and Leorio, and they're taking a bus up the mountains. When they ask where the Zoldlak family is, they thought it was going to be the secret hideaway, but it's a tourist attraction. People from all over the, uh, the region get to tour the famous Zoldlak mountain, along with 
two giant, strong-looking guys sitting in the back of the van, uh, uh, being snarky and uh, shaking their head at the entire tour, being like, you guys don't understand. So the assassins are coming for the assassins. When they arrive, they arrive at a giant gate at the top of a mountain covered in mist. And they say, wow, Kilua lives there? Well, these two barbarian-looking guys dressed in vests and uh, covered in hair say, we're going to go and we're going to kill the Zolak family. It's worth like 100 million, um, what's the currency in um, Hunter Hunter? I have no idea. It's worth a hundred million. Uh, I'll just say it's worth a hundred million <laughs> to just even get a picture of one of the Zoldluck family, the world's famous assassins. Um, so they walk to the front and they say, "We're going inside the gate." And the and the gate, the security guard says, "No, no, no, don't go in." They're like, "Give us a key, old man." You know, they're being like all like posturing and stuff. So uh, he's like, "Fine, fine, take the key." And he pulls them a key off of uh, off of the door. And the two guys say, ha ha, we're going in. They go in the gate. And then all of a sudden you hear like a yell. And then their bones are tossed over the side of the, of the wall. And everyone in the crowd freaks out. They shout and scream, get in the bus. And the bus drives away. Except for Gon, Karapika, and Leorio. And they say, what the hell is that? And the guy just says, just laughs and says, oh, they were too weak to see the family, the security guard. He said, but you just gave them a key. And he said, no, these are fake keys. You know how hard it would be to turn away every single person who comes to kill the family? It's much easier to let them in and let Mike handle them. Mike is the guard dog. And then he shouts over the fence, Mike, you better not eat any more of that. If you get an upset stomach, the master's going to be mad at me. So Gon then pleads and says, please, 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 please let me in. I have to go and I have to see uh, my best friend, Kilua. I'm checking on him. We're friends from the hunter exam. And he says, I can't do that. I can't do that. And Gon says, fine. I'm going over the fence. That's when the security guard says, wait. If you really are Kilua's friends, I can't let you get, get killed. Gon's thinking he can reason with Mike. So the security guard takes his jacket off. And even though he's got a big beer belly, he's corded with muscle. He's ripped. Old, short, fat, bald guy that's ripped. He walks up to the actual gate and says, it's not even locked. It's just heavy. He focuses his aura and he, he pushes and the gate opens. And then the gate opens. He goes, whew. And he lets himself in. He says, follow me. They go inside, and then he blows a whistle. And then this gigantic, cold-looking dog approaches. It's like a skinless, hairless greyhound with an extended face, long and lean, terrible-looking. And it just stares back at Gon with cold, dead eyes. And in that moment, Gon shudders. And security guard even mentions, he says, well, Gon... You've probably thought because you've uh, dealt with lots of large animals in the past that you could reason with Mike, but no, no, he's a stone-cold killer. You're not reasoning with this dog. Crazy. And that's where we get introduced to the world of Zodlex. The doors in the front, Mike is trained to kill anybody that comes through 
the simple door. But if you come through the main door, you can come through at your leisure. It's um, the guard dog is, I mean, it's the dog is bigger than a building, basically. He's humongous. And the doors are set in interlocking sections. So if you can, oh, so the through for the training of the children and the family, they're supposed to learn how to open the doors properly. So each door, I believe, weighs five tons. Not pounds, tons. Remember, this is an anime. So uh, Gon, Karapika, and Leorio uh, then start training with a security guard so they can open the door and be worthy of being Kilo's friends. So they do the typical training where they wear weighted vests and they stay with the guard for a couple of weeks and everything in his house is weighted. The plates are weighted down, the cups are like weighted down, the clothing that they wear is weighed down, so forth and so on. And I love that style of training because you see it in tons and tons of anime. It's like a very old traditional style. Rock Lee did it when he had weights on his legs, uh, stuff like that until they're worthy. And obviously, they do become worthy. Gon and Karapika are each able to open one door. And I mean, like, the door has two sides, right? So five pounds on one side, or five tons on one side, five tons on the other side. So Gon could open one side, Karapika could open one side, and Lorio, I believe, was able to open two of the 10-ton doors at, after a certain point through their training. <clears throat> the security guard was particularly impressed with Leorio's strength. Um, and then they were able to say, okay, we've passed the test, let's go and get our friend. This is when the arc turns more into the shonen fair, and they have to do some fights and some battles in order to get their friend. Uh, and they have to slowly approach and make their way to where Kilua is. And the first person that they meet is a security guard named Canary. Canary is a young black girl with four long braided twists on her head. Uh, if you look it up, look up Canary slash Rihanna Hunter X Hunter. And I'm saying the X so that you know to type it in. Uh, but Hunter Hunter Rihanna. And you will see that Rihanna has worn an outfit where she has hilariously dressed like Canary. Um whether on purpose or accident. But I like to claim that Rihanna is a secret Hunter Hunter obsessed fan. Um so, this bodyguard is incredibly trained. They said that when she was like five years old, uh, they sent a hundred or something bodyguards out into the front door and she just killed them all because she was so talented. So then the family adopted her for her skills. And they said, okay, you are now the bodyguard, don't let anyone in. So, they start to approach and then the girl, using her club, she dashes forward and smacks gone backwards. And she says, if she says, do not cross cross this line. She makes a line in the dirt. If you cross the line, I will kill you. Um, but then Gon says, Leo Karapika, stand back. I'm gonna inch my way forward because she is not like Mike. She's not like a heartless, mindless, soulless robot. She can be reasoned with, and she has compassion. So Gon inches his way forward, gets hit, moves forward again, gets hit. And every time he moves forward past the line, she smacks him again and again and again. And Gon gets completely bruised up, bloodied to a pulp. And she looks over at Leorio and Karapika and she was like, why don't you protect your friend? Why don't you help him? But they refuse. 
they realize that Gon is in the right, that she can be reasoned with, that she does have some compassion. And we get our first memory of Kilua as a child. He's sitting in a tree and he sees Canary and he realizes they're close to the same age. And he says, hey, I'm Kilua. And she's like, yes, master. Yes, you are. I am uh, Canary. And he says, well, let's be friends. And she says, well, we can't be friends because I'm a bodyguard and you're a member of the uh, royal family, the Zodlex, not the royal family, the assassin family. You are the master and I am the servant. And Kilua is like, no, 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 we're friends. And she's like, I cannot be your friend. And once again, we see the internal struggle where she's still a child. She's having to act like a mature adult. Kilua wants friends, but he's not allowed to have any. Even people who want to be his friends can't be his friends, so he remains isolated. He remains on his own, and that is that. And when Gong crosses the line for that first time while talking about how he and... Uh, Kilua are friends, and she is probably his friend too, and he breaks apart the wall by punching it, and she doesn't attack him. He looks up at her and says, you really can't be reasoned with. You do have compassion. And Canary freaks out, and Gon says, we're going past. Thank you. And then out of nowhere, something strikes Canary across the head, and she faints, and Kilua's mother appears. Wrapped in bandages, wearing a giant hat, she zooms forward, picks up Canary, comments that she's failed in her duties, and says, you will never take my son, and dashes away. So the three of them, Gong, Karapika, Leorio, they move forward. They continue onward to the main manor. And at that moment, Kilua meets with his dad. His dad is um, a giant of a man. He's probably about seven foot, seven foot tall in human form. He is wearing a classic kung fu uh, gi. He has long silver hair, and he is giant, giantly muscled. He's humongous, and he's sitting on a large cushion with a giant attack dog who looks like a miniaturized version of Mike with a giant spark, spiked collar. He looks strong to put it lightly. So, Gon, or uh, Kilua walks forward, and he says, Kilua, you've came back to me. Come forward. I want to hear your stories. Tell me what you did while you ran away from home. So, nervously at first, Kilua starts to tell the story of how he took the hunter exam. Um, Gon goes to the, uh, to the mansion. It's a servant's house, I believe. And we see um, him and Leorio and Krapika be greeted by the head servant. And I think his name, here it is, Goto. He wears glasses. He's wearing a butler suit. And he protects all the members of the family. That's what the butlers do. They protect the family. So uh, they say, okay, we got instruction that you guys are here. And so um, uh, Kilua is, uh, is coming down. And actually there was this really cool part where they called on the phone earlier and they said, hey, we're here to see Kilua. And the butler says, I don't know if this is who you say you are. You're probably here to kill him. They're like, no, no, Kilua's going to recognize my voice when he hears me. And then all of a sudden, you gone here is back 
back to him. No, no, Kilo is going to recognize my voice when he hears me. He hears his own voice through the phone. And Goto says, that can be imitated, that can be mimicked. Anyone can use a simple recorder and play something that they have... Uh, that they have recorded and pretend to be you to get close to the young master. So rather, rather than um, risking it, he says he can't come, but eventually he gets word back from the main house to let gone Leorio and Karapika in. And as they're in the mansion, he says, okay, you're going to be allowed to see Kilua, but while we're waiting, we're going to play a game. He says, okay, I've got a coin, just a quarter. I'm going to flip it, strike my hands across the air, and you're going to guess what hand the quarter is in. So he flips it up, moves his hands across, and he says, which hand? Gone and Karapika and Lario say left. He opens his left hand. There it is. He's like, okay, a little bit faster. And then he does it again, and it gets a little bit faster. And then he does it again, and he gets a little bit faster. And then he says, just so you know, uh, we're going to keep doing this because you're never going to see the master. And if you, just, if you end up getting it wrong, we're going to kill you here where you stand. So uh, all three of you are playing together, so let's go a little bit faster. So he starts moving his hands around, around, around super fast. And then he says, which hand? And Leorio says, I had no idea. I couldn't see it. And they're like, okay, well, there's three of us. So he and Karapika pick right. Leorio picks left. It's in the right. Leorio's out. So they do it again. And they get faster and faster and faster and faster. And then he picks. Gon picks left. Karapika picks right. It's in the left hand. Then he does it again. And Gon gets faster and faster and faster. And then Gon picks right again. And then, and then Gon picks right again. And then... He really increases the speed, and Gon says, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can I, can I borrow that knife? And they're like, wait a minute, what? And he's like, no, I'm not going to attack, but his face is all beat up. So his eye is swollen. So he cuts the skin on the eye so he's able to open it again. He can see better. And so the guy's like, okay. He brings two other guards, and it's three guards moving their hands super rapid fast, and they're looking for one quarter, and they can't figure out, and then, then they're like, which hand? And he's holding six hands in front of him. And then Gon smiles and said, it's the guy standing behind me, isn't it? And then the guard, Goto, starts laughing, or the butler. And he says, that's right, young master. Congratulations, congratulations. And he's like, Kilua, come out here. And then Kilua comes out. And he says, um... We were just playing a little joke, playing a little game, but we've been instructed to see you and Kilua out the door. And it cuts back to Kilua talking with his dad. And his dad says, and his dad is laughing at the adventures, laughing about hearing about how silly Gon is and how much fun his son has. And he says, son, you are my son, but you also need to experience the world. So go out and experience it. And just remember where you came from. And then he bites his thumb until it bleeds. Kilua does the same. And they press their thumbs together. And, they say, you are my, and he says, you are my son. Go and experience the world. But promise me that you will never betray your friends. And Kilua says, I won't. And then he leaves. And then his mother walks up to Kilua and says, Kilua, you can't leave. No, I will get him. And Kilua says, get out of my way or I'll kill you. 
And his mother like faints to the floor and says, oh my God, oh, I'm so proud of him. He's so strong. And then she goes back to his dad and says, why would you let him leave? Why would you let him just leave the family like this? And he says, don't you understand? He's my son. He'll always come back because he's my son. And Silva's quite proud. And even though this is a family of assassins, killers, murderers, terrible people, there is a sense of honor amongst them and brilliance. And that is where Kilua comes from. And even though he's been through hell as a child and torture as a child, you see a spark. <laughs> so he and Gon and Karapika and Leorio are allowed to leave. And they leave the mountain. And Goto pulls Gon aside. And he says one more time to Gon really quick. He takes out a quarter. He flips up in the air and he moves just both his hands over and he says, hey, pick which hand the quarter is in. Easily enough, because he's going much slower, Gon picks the right. He opens it and it's empty. Gon's like, what? And he opens his hand and the quarter's in the left hand. And he says, Gon, as talented as you are, you're also very genuine and honest. You have to understand that not everybody is going to be as honest as you. And some people are going to take the most simplest things and they are going to cheat. Be wary of that. Be wary and don't let it get you down. So that is the long and short of the Rescue Killua segment. Um, at the end of that arc, Killua and Leorio, or uh, Karapika and Leorio decide that they're going to go off. Leorio says, I need to go study so that I can become a doctor, so I can figure out how to take the exam. Karapasa says, now that I'm a hunter, I'm going to go see if I can track down my comrade's eyes. And Gon and Kilua say, okay, love you guys. We'll talk to you later. Have fun. Uh, we're going to go do our own thing. Now, the brilliant part that I don't know if I even mentioned was at the end of the hunter exam, the examiners, Menchi, Buta, um, the one that looks like the changing monkey whose name I can't remember, as the candidates are walking away, he says, we have a great group of candidates this year. The only thing is, I wonder how long it's going to take them to realize that the hunter's exam isn't over. They're both, they all have hunter's licenses, but the exam isn't over, and we're about to find out why. So... Gon and Kilua go about their own way. And when they're trying to decide where to go next, Kilua suggests they go to the tournament under the heavens. And this, if you are a Shonen Jump fan or a Shonen fan in any avenue, is the inevitable martial arts uh, tournament. Now, the martial arts tournament is uh, held in this giant tower in the city. And Kilua suggests that they go there because despite their strength, uh, Gon, what he wants to do is he wants to uh, find Hisuka, give him back his uh, badge, which was like a lingering thing they had between them in the hunter's exam and punch him in the face. And Kilua says, okay, that's awesome. But let me show you something. And he draws a line in the dirt. He said, this is me and this is you. And he makes a small little line between them. And he says, I'm about this strong. You're about this strong. Not quite as strong as me, but still very strong. 
And then he says, and let me put where Hesica is. And then he starts drawing in the dirt and he keeps going and 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 keeps going. And he says, he's way out here. This is where Hesica is in terms of strength. So we have to get stronger or we're screwed. And this is when the show really opens up. So inside this arc, we only follow Gon and um, Kilua. They go to this martial arts tournament in this city, in this tower. Now, what it is, it's this place where anybody can come and fight, where anybody can come and make money uh, off of their fights. When you fight in this one-on-one, one-on-one battles in this tournament, the winner gets a little bit of a payout. The winner gets a little sum of money. And everyone's goal is if you can get to the top of the tower, you can live like kings. You're making $10 million a fight. You're uh, put up in a lavish suite. But in the beginning, you have to defeat tons and tons of people. So... Kilua and Gon say, Kilua takes Gon and says, let's go through this tournament and we'll see how high up we can get so we can earn some money and maybe get a little bit stronger. But we really need money in order to move in this world. So they get to the, <laughs> they get to this tournament in the city. And when they're signing up, it's, it's funny because it's all of these grown people, people my age, 20s, uh, maybe even teens or older or whatever. And everybody is these strong-headed, powerful fighters. And you have these two kids walking up to uh, sign, sign up for this tournament. <laughs> Kilua says, oh, I'm going to put eight years experience because I want to try to get to the top floors faster because uh, they're filling out the applications <laughs> in order to uh, be able to fight in this tournament. So they go to the uh, waiting area, and Kilua's looking around, and he's like, yeah, I came here before, and I got all the way up. To, uh, my dad dropped me off, and he said, don't come home until you get to floor 200. And Gon said, what's on floor 200? And he's like, oh, I never went. I made it, and as soon as I made it, I went, went back home. And he's like, huh, Okay. Once again, we get a little peek into Kilua's intense training. He was four years old at the time when his dad sent him to a martial arts tournament and said, you have to be one of the top in the top 200 ranking before you're allowed to come home. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> so Kilua was like looking around and he says, now that I see everybody here, I'm not that worried. And he just starts laughing. And everyone else is all serious and stuff like that. And Gon is getting nervous. So Kilua goes up to uh, his first match. And they're like, Kilua versus whomever. So the guy starts trying to fight him. Kilua zips around him and just chops him in the back of the neck. The guy passes out unconscious. Kilua wins. One strike. Crowd goes wild. Oh, it's crazy. Kilua wins. Then it's Gon's fight. And Kilua says, hey, Gon. You passed the test of the door at my house, right? Those five-ton door. Gon's like, yeah, I did. He's like, okay. And he whispers in his ear. Bah, bah, bah. So Gon walks up, and the person he's fighting is gigantic. He's like 10 feet tall. He's like, <laughs> he's like several like feet wide. He's this massive human being. And he's like, okay, kid, don't be mad if you get killed. He charges. Gon just sticks out his hand with his palm 
And when he pushes him, the guy shoots across the arena, smashes into the wall. He didn't realize his own strength or how strong he had gotten. The crowd goes nuts. Gon and Kilua win their first match. And they go to pick up their earnings. They get a certain amount of yen. And they said, huh, this is all we get for winning the fight? And gone, and Kilua says, yeah, the first time that you fight, no matter what, whether you win or lose, you get the price of a juice. So you can at least have a juice after your fight. So he goes and he gets himself a juice and uh, sips and drinks it. And they're moved up quickly. Now, apparently in this arena, there are judges who are watching the, the fights. And uh, the stronger that you are, the stronger your, your fighting looks, the quicker you'll rise in ranks. So they started on the first floor, but because of how they defeated people, they quickly zoomed up to the, uh, f- to the 50th floor based on that one fight. And let me see if I can clarify this. This tournament is set up as floors, and each floor is a different rank. That's why it's called a, like the tournament under the heavens, because the higher up you go in this tower, literally it's a tower, a giant tower with 200 floors. And once you get up to the 200th floor, the fighters are impeccable. They're geniuses. They're brilliant. So they move their way up, and this is the first time that Kilua, they meet another young person who's around their age and they watch him fight and he is very much a strict martial artist he is studying uh what looks like um karate so he's like a karate ka and he has like the perfect stance boom and they watch his fight and they're laughing as they get up a couple of more floors name is zushi now as they continue to climb up a little bit, Kilua eventually is paired up against Zushi, who has been there for a while, but then he starts telling them about the, uh, about the arena, and they slowly start to become friends until they're paired up against one another. So, when Kilua fights Zushi, there's a little bit of a tension in the air. Because they've slowly started to become friends. He's showed them around. He showed them the ropes. He's been uh, winning his fights with his master wing, who is a guy who is wearing glasses with his shirt untucked, who is just like, good work, Zushi. Way to move up. Now we're in the hundreds. You're doing well. The nice, slow, steady climb. Kilua fights Zushi, and he says, sorry, Zushi, but I want to go to the top floor quickly. So he dashes around him, chops him in the neck. Zushi immediately falls to the floor. And Kilua says, okay. But then Zushi pops back up. And Kilua is confused because every other person that he chops with, uh, with his, with his uh, back of his hand like that stays down. So Zushi charges at him, throws three or four punches and some kicks. Kilua dashes about, chops him in the neck. Zushi goes down. But he doesn't get, but he gets back up. Kilo is confused. And he kind of gets pissed off, dashes forward and punches Zushi in the stomach. And then like sticks his tongue out saying, oops, I hit him way too hard. I did not mean to. Zushi tumbles and rolls all the way across the floor. But then he pops back up again. Kilo is so confused. He 
doesn't understand how this kid who is not as strong as him is able to sustain his onslaught and keep fighting. And then Zushi says, I see that I can't have to take you seriously. And so he changes from a typical karate stance to a different stance. He puts one fist down, spreads his legs a little bit, looks down and starts charging and starts yelling. And then Kilua senses something and dashes back, senses something that reminds him of something. And as Zushi starts yelling and yelling, wing, his master from the audience screams, Zushi! And then Zushi stops. Everybody in the audience has made a clear separation from Wing. They've given him tons of space from his shout. And Zushi puts his hands down and forfeits the match. As they're walking out, Kila was the winner, but he's not satisfied. He walks up to Gon, and Gon was like, what was that? And he's like, I don't know, I don't know. Zushi is way tougher than I thought, but there was something else. When he changed his stance, it really reminded me of Illumi. It reminded me of how that feeling that I got, that warning, crazy, tickling feeling in the back of my spine that I had from Illumi when he threatened me, when he changed me. Gon is confused but curious. They say, we have to go ask about it. So when they come around to Zushi and Wing, Zushi is apologetic to Wing. He's bowing his head and Wing says, How, I, I can't believe you are, did that during the match. Who gave you permission to use that technique? And he says, I'm sorry, master. I just got beside myself. I just wanted to win so bad. He's like, it's okay, Zushi. There's nothing wrong with being strong, but remember the plan slowly, steadily, Increasing our abilities is the best way rather than hurrying forward. It's the most perfect, patient way to achieving true strength. So that's when Kila and Gon walk forward and they say, Kila says, hey, sorry I hit you so hard. Zushi says, no, it's my fault. I was going too hard. I was changing things. And then Kila asks him, how is it that you were able to continue to get back up so many times? And Zushi says, oh, that's uh, one of the tenets of 10. So there are several tenets. And one of them is about fortitude. And, he, and Master Wing says, Zushi, who said that you were qualified to teach the tenets of 10? And Zushi says, oh, I'm sorry, Master. I'm sorry. He apologizes and starts bowing. And they say, um, so Wing is Zushi's master. And he says, okay, boys, if you're curious, come by my dojo and I will tell you kind of what's going on. And they're like, okay. And he's like, come by on this date. So Kilo and Gon are qualified to go to, uh, they've defeated enough people that now they're qualified to get to the 200th floor where they're facing real opponents. Um, but before they do that, they want to go and figure out where this weird strength that Zushi had is coming from. Why can he do the things he does? Why was he able to pop back up? What's going on and what's the connection with Kilua's brother? And this is where things get even more curious. The two of them go back to Master Wing's dojo where Zushi is in the middle of training. Master Wing, he says, hello, young man. Thank you so much for, uh, uh, for coming to visit. Let me give you a brief overview. There are certain tenets that you can learn, which is about like willpower. So uh, what you felt from Zushi was a strong will of, I, do, I will not be 
uh, I do not want to be defeated. I do not want to go down. So when you hit him, you felt his will recoil back on you, and he was able to pop back up, just as I can say, um, stay away from me. And then the master gets into the stance. He says, stay away from me. And he's like, are you guys inclined to get away from me at all? And they're like, no. And he's like, okay, so now I will do my meditations. I will do the 10. I will hunt into myself. And now I will say the same thing. Get away from me. <laughs> and his hair like freaks out. And the panel shifts and changes. And then Kilua retreats all the way back to the top corner in the ceiling. Because he's so freaked out and terrified from the aura and the energy that the master is sending out. Zushi just kind of sits there apologetically, but he's like, do you see with the right sense of willpower and urgency and the right training, you can learn to hone these abilities to keep yourself fortified. That is 100% the way in order to do it. So they say, okay, okay, well, thank you for telling us that lesson. And so they leave. And as they're walking out, Gone is like, that was weird training. And Kilo was like, yeah, Master Wing is obviously lying to us. Gone says, what? How is he lying? And he's like, you can, I can just tell. He wasn't being honest. And it cuts back to Wing and Zushi. And Zushi is doing his training, but he's unfocused. And Wing says, what's wrong, Zushi? And Zushi says, Master, why did you lie to them? The Master sighs. Master Wing says, Zushi... These tenants that I'm teaching you, they are very dangerous in the wrong hands. So you can't teach them to everybody. With this ability, he goes over to a book and rips a page out. And then he does something and the page turns into a, a blade. And he says, with this ability, a simple piece of paper becomes a sharp blade and he throws it and it chops through a soda. That is why everyone is not, should not be allowed to learn it. You have to have the right temperament because then the world becomes your weapon. And if you're not mentally in the correct place, you could be a danger to society. And Zushi stares at his master and he stares at the leaking soda and he says, master, I haven't read that book yet. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I ripped your book out. And he's like, and I haven't drinking my soda. That was my soda. And the master apologizes profusely. But the audience, we get the point of what Master Wing is saying, that whatever this power is, it's dangerous. So Kilo and Gon now uh, collect their money and send it to their accounts for winning and being able to go to the 200th floor. And Gon asked Kilua, he was like, wait a minute, we get this much money? Uh, and it's like hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, for winning the tournament. And Kilua was like, well, well, yeah, sure. And Gon's like, but haven't you been here already before? And Kilua's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, I've been here many times. And Gon says, so what happened to your money? And Kilua says, well, I spent it already on uh, cakes and sweets for like four years. It's gone. Hundreds of thousands of dollars on, on, on cake. It was delicious. <laughs> um, so anyways, when they get to the 200th floor, immediately the atmosphere is different. The kind woman behind the reception desk now has a kind of intense stare. And as they're walking forward, they feel the weight of horror and terror that same sensation that Elamie gave them as soon as they got to the floor. 
and then they can't really move. It's like drowning. It's like being underwater. And sitting on the floor in front of them is Hisoka from the hunter exam, wearing a new jester's outfit, sitting there. He has his hand out, and he is obviously causing the swirl of terrible dark energy that's surrounding the hallway. And the two boys are like, what's going on? And Hisoka just dismisses them and says, this floor is far too soon for you to come to the 200th floor. So Hisoka says, you should go back down, train back up, and start all over again. So Kilua returns to the receptionist and says, well, what happens if we don't sign up in time? Because they have to sign up by midnight. And she says, well, Gon can then start again on the first floor, work his way back up. But you've gotten to the 200th floor and you didn't sign up. You left. So it'll be your second time. It'll be a refusal and you can't come back. So it's about nine o'clock now. You guys have until midnight to make it to the desk, but they can't get to the desk because Hisoka is sitting on the floor blocking them with some strange energy. What are the two trio to do? So they're like, well, we will just force ourselves through. So they start walking and the pain and the weight and the swirl and the darkness pushes down on them and they keep walking and they're forcing themselves and then they hear a familiar voice behind them shouting, saying, wait! And it's Master Wing. Master Wing. The, uh, he's probably about 30 with his big glasses and his unkept uh, appearance. He says, don't force it. If you force yourself through someone else's uh, terrifying aura without protecting yourself, your bodies will be ruined. So come back with me, take the tournament at a different time again. And they said, no, we have to get to the desk tonight or I won't be allowed to come back ever again. So he says, fine. Come to my dojo, and I will get you guys trained up. Now it's the time for the truth. Now it's the time for Nen. Every single Shonen Jump uh, manga anime has some sort of other power in addition to skills and fighting ability. They always ease you in with just strong characters, out of the ordinarily strong characters. Maybe they're great martial artists, maybe they're super strong, powerful, whatever. And then partway through, after a few arcs, the other power starts to be introduced. The exception obviously is Naruto, where the power is introduced in the beginning, Chakra. Um, but in one Piece in Bleach, it comes later. In Dragon Ball Z, it comes later. And in Hunter x Hunter, this is the introduction of Nin. They go back to Wing's dojo, and he says, okay, here's the truth. What you experienced is called Nin. And Nin abilities are abilities of channeling one's aura in order to accomplish certain things. So he explains by throwing channeling his aura into a rose and throwing it at a vase. The rose travels through the air like a knife and darts through the vase, breaking it, stabbing it, uh, extending it out. Uh, and he does it again and again. He said, this is the terrifying power of Nin. Zushi is a certain uh, type of Nin user as well. And so because of that, he used his aura to protect himself so that he wasn't able to knock, to knock himself down. What you felt out there in the hallway is Hisoka was emitting his own aura. He happens to be one of the champions from the top floor. So he can come and go as he pleases. He emits his aura 
And as he is emitting his aura, he can push you guys back against it. But without understanding what it is, you are going to be crushed by it. It is another aspect of training to make yourself stronger. And they said, okay, well, can you teach us how to use it? And he's like, well, I can teach you to open it up so you can protect yourself. Um, but it's going to take a while. You have to do it. And they have to do it before midnight. Because Kilua says, well, if you don't train us, we're going to find out from someone else. But Wing is like, no, no, I'm going to train you now. So he says, okay, there's two ways to awaken your aura naturally. You can either do it slowly and steadily through training, or I can shock your system. And when I shock your system, the body's natural reaction will be to let out that aura and let out um, that energy. And then you'll have to learn to contain it. That can be done instantly, but it's dangerous. But that's our fastest way. So he has the two boys stand in front of him and he holds his hand behind their necks. And he shoots a bit of his aura into both of their necks. And the two of them instantly feel the flow of aura in their bodies for the first time. And that's when the game shifts. And he says, quickly, quickly, you have to learn to control it because it will slip away now that you're aware of it. So he says, focus your mind, focus your breathing. Think of, uh, imagine yourselves being encompassed by water and the water covers your whole body, but don't let the water escape you. Let the water wrap around you. And he does this like little meditation chant and very quickly, they both catch on on how to do it. And he is shocked by how fast they learn, shocked. They're able to learn this aspect of maintaining their own aura with this new Nin ability quickly, instantly. And he says, that's what you need. So that recognition of aura will wrap you in a protective power. That is the start of learning about Nin. So with their newfound awareness, they go right back to the tower that night, go up to 200's floor, and Hisaka's still sitting there stacking cards, waiting for them to come back. You know he's obsessive. So he emits his dark aura one more time, and then the two of them put on their own aura, and they cast themselves in a protective shield light of their own aura, and they start walking forward, and they can resist, and they can make it way past. And when they get to Hisaka, he drops his own aura, and he says, smiling, welcome to the 200th floor. And so the two of them go and register at the 200th floor, and now they are in the top of the top of the tower, and they're giving quarters, place to stay, and they start to leave. And now they've known Nin from the beginning, and Hisika's very excited because all he wanted throughout the hunter's exam is for gone to get stronger. But now Gon and Kilua are both getting stronger. And he loves seeing that type of potential. So he is just 130% excited for all of uh, their growth. That is what is up. So the tourney um, going forward is now going to be battles where people can use Nin abilities. That's why Hisuka didn't want them to uh, go forward because Nin battles are different than regular battles. So now that they're registered, they have plenty of time to schedule their first few fights so they can go get trained up by wing. Now that they know what Nin is, at least in a very, very simplistic sense, 
wing then sets to teach them exactly, exactly what Nin is and how it works. So Nin abilities are as thus. There are certain types of categories that every person can get. Nin has the Nin, Nin. Wing has the Nin chart. On this chart, it's a uh, six-sided diamond. And there are six types of Nin abilities. And he starts explaining exactly what it is and how it works. That's actually something... Uh, that's actually something that I would want to uh, share as specifically as I possibly can. So since the characters are awakened, every human being on the planet has aura that streams off of their bodies and then is learning how to contain that aura and enhance and improve different aspects of, uh, different aspects of the, um, not necessarily the physicality, but physicality is one of the aspects. You can improve tons and tons of things. Um, here it is. Okay. So the first thing that he has them do is he has them do the wine glass test. He sets a wine glass in front of both of them filled with water. And what they have to do is they have to emit some of their aura over the wine glass. And the wine glass has a leaf floating on top of the water so that you can kind of see exactly uh, how it reacts. We'll, we'll, we'll tell what kind of uh, power that you have. So Wing says, let me give you an example. He puts the glass in front of him and he casts his aura over the glass and the water starts overflowing and spilling out everywhere. And he says, you see, the volume of the water increased. It, 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 got, it grew in strength. I'm an enhancer, which means that my natural ability is to strengthen myself and or other objects, which is why I could enhance the, uh, the, the capacity and the capabilities of a rose. Um, so everybody does the same. So Gon puts his um, hands over the, over the wine glass and water kind of spills out a little bit. He says, see, you're also an enhancer. Not to the degree of Nins, just a little bit of water overflowed. And then Kilua put his over, aura over it and, and, and did the same thing. And he said, I don't, nothing happened. And so, Nins, and so Wing said, okay, taste the water. So Kilua tasted it and he said, huh, it's a little sweet now. He said, see, the qualities of the water change. You're a transmuter. What you do is you can change the qualities of, or, of aura to match something else. And then uh, Zushi did it and the leaf started to move a little bit, just a little bit, almost like a little tiny boat. And he says, see, you're sending off the aura. That's an emissions. You can attach aura from your body. And that's Three of the types. The other types are conjuration, where you can create objects from aura. There's manipulation, where you can control uh, uh, and animate uh, objects, or uh, you can control live objects. And then there's specialization, where the effect is so unique that it can't be categorized. And only certain very unique personalities have a specialization type of ninability. So, the three of them 
slowly start to do their nin training because they can all just kind of barely, barely uh, make the glasses stuff move. But they need to start training for real. So that's what they do. As they're training, they're growing a little bit in nin, they're learning, but people within the tournament are watching. And within the tower under the heavens, you see these odd characters. You see a person in a wheelchair. You see a person who is hiding his face and he's standing on a single pogo stick pole. They're just watching Gon and Kilua and they're saying, and they're, they can't wait. They just want to schedule a fight with, the, with one of the two of them. These fighters are called rookie crushers. They're very similar to Tampa, except they have a little bit of skill. What they try to do is they try to target new fighters as they first enter the tournament, fighters who may or may not know about nin abilities um, because they think that their lack of knowledge will make them easy targets. So they sign up for fights with Gon and Kilua. They try to get them to sign up for fights with them. Wing does not permit it, but Gon is trying to fight Hisika, and Hisika says, okay, if you win two fights, then you can fight me in the arena. And that's what Gon wants. So, after a bit, Eventually, Wing lets Kilo sign up for a fight and Gon sign up for a fight. And I'm not going to get too in-depth about the intricacies of these fights uh, because they don't hold the weight like the other key fights do. Um, these guys are weird, but they kind of win the fights. Um, Kilo is able to defeat his guy. Gon is able to defeat his guy. So forth and so on. But... Um, they, they want to do um, more. Um, and then they, they want to fight them again. But there's a moment where one of the guys kidnaps Zushi. And he says, Kilua. And he calls him on the phone. He says, you will sign up for a fight with me right now or I'm going to kill Zushi. Kilua says, okay, stay calm. I'll sign up for the fight right now. And so Kilua reports back, gets Zushi back, um, goes to Wing and says, yeah, I signed up for a fight because it's my birthday on this date and I thought it would be fun. But really, he's trying to protect Zushi. So the day of the fight, the guy walks up to, uh, he's getting ready in the mirror and he's like, yes, if I do a few more fights, then I can retire. And once I retire, I can just sit and train people on how to win fights and I can make money for the rest of my life. That's these guys' motivation. Come to find out that these guys received what's called a baptism. These were fighters that got to the top floor without knowing Nin. And people that didn't know Nin did not hold back and they paralyzed them or they cut off their legs or they disfigured them. And they said, well, sucks to be you. You should have learned before you came up to the 200th floor. And that's what Wing was trying to avoid, the baptism. He was trying to get them prepared to know how to deal with Nin because you can only fight a Nin opponent if you know Nin. If you're both strong, but the other person has reinforcement Nin, their hand can crush yours because the aura overcompensates for the physicality and the physical strength. So before the match, the man is standing in the mirror 
And Kilua sneaks into his room with a knife and appears behind his head like a shadow. And he says, listen, I'll still fight you. But if you ever kidnap Zushi again, I will kill you where you stand. Blink if you understand. And the man slowly closes his eyes and Kilua says, good. You will never do an underhanded move like this again. Never will you do this ever again. And that's where you get that sense of remembering, oh yeah, Kilua is an assassin. He actually has been holding back in a lot of ways. And then the guy forfeits the match and Kilua wins. After that, two more major things happen in this tournament, which I think I'm going to touch upon before we jump ahead. Um, the first is that uh, Gon disobeys Wing and just starts remaining on uh, stage without guarding himself for, uh, with aura, and he almost gets seriously injured. He could have died. Wing forbids him from using Nin for a month and puts a, 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 a wrap around his pinky finger to make sure that Gon remembers and doesn't break his promise. And then they get to watch one of Hisoka's fights. In the fight, it's one of the most interesting fights I've really ever seen. And this is where Hunter Hunter opened up for me and reminded me of why this manga isn't just about brute strength. Hisoka is supposedly one of the strongest in the martial arts world. And he fights this other guy whom he kind of likes. He was somebody who was, uh, he saw lots of potential in. And we get a further breakdown of Nin. It's a guy whom would slowly disappear and he would slowly reappear behind Hisoka while they fought. It was just all this buildup. The man would disappear and then reappear. So we were trying to figure out what the trick is. What's going on? What is the trick? The trick is Nin. The man would, using Nin, create a double of himself. And then he would reappear with a double or switch himself with a double and then uh, severely damage Hisoka. But during the fight, Hisoka is sitting there around trying to figure out what's going on. And the man chopped off both of Hisoka's arms in the fight. But then Hisoka's arms appeared back on his body and then they disappeared. And then his arms were floating in the sky and punching the guy without him looking. And then Hisoka set up cards all around the arena and then the cards would fly around and then people were like, what is going on? How can Hisoka do this? How can Hisoka has, have his arms be cut off but then reattach them, but then fly around, but then sneak around, but then once Hisoka figured out the trick, he didn't care. Now in the manga, I prefer the way they do it because they cut out a lot in the anime. They're explaining that Hisoka does magician's tricks but he actually thinks quite technically. What he does is he uses an inability called uh, bungee gum. It has both the qualities of rubber and gum. And it can stretch and expand, and it can imitate textures. So what he did is he let him cut his arm off, but then he used bungee gum to attach his detached arm to his, uh, to his uh, shoulder, or his forearm back to his elbow, with the aura sticking it in place. And then he covered it with a bandage and made the bandage look like skin because he could change the quantities. And then Hisuka had different little uh, playing cards attached to the ceiling and attached to the floor, hidden 
with his aura, and then he could shoot them out of nowhere. And then when he cut off his second arm, he attached his arm up to the ceiling with his aura. And then he tugged it with a with his aura. And, and it's all this little technical pieces. And he was operating the whole place like a puppeteer. And that is kind of the brilliance of Hisoka. That is his character. So once gone is finally able to um, study Nen again. He watches the tape using a new technique called Kyo, where they concentrate aura to their eyes so they can see and view aura all around. And when, once they've done that, they can see what Hisuka is actually doing. Um, Gon and Kilua each win one more fight, and Gon finally is able to uh, uh, set up a fight with Hisaka. And this is the fight he's been waiting for. And Hisaka says, okay, Gon, now is the time. Um, all you have to do is punch me. Because that's what Gon wants. He wants to be able to punch him uh, and give him his card back. Um, so they're fighting and they're fighting in the arena, and Hisoka is excited by Gon, but he was like, come on, Gon, uh, can't you tell how I'm excited? And uh, I'll leave that one for, for the Hunter Hunter fans to laugh quietly about uh, <laughs> in, their, in their cars. But this is a key moment, because it is when uh, Gon finally gets to unleash his newfound abilities, and he uses his uh, Nin abilities to... Uh, kind of break things down. And Hisika says, let me give you a theory on that I have about Nin. He says, I believe that people's Nin abilities are related to their personalities. So I would say that people who are enforcers are really pure and really direct and straightforward and really uh, that's how they operate. And I bet you're an enforcer too. And Gon's like, how did you know? And he was like, I didn't. I was just guessing. And then Gon's like mad. But Hisika's just playing with him. He says that transmuters like himself are natural liars. And then Kilua says, Meh, that's probably true. <laughs> well, in this fight, Gon has to use tricks. He has to hide behind giant boulders and then dash about before he can ever punch Hisoka one time. And when he does, he immediately reaches into his jacket, pulls out the number 44 card from the hunter exam and gives it back to Hisoka. And Hisoka smiles and says, excellent, Gon, excellent. Now I'll fight you for real. Because Gon looks down and realizes that their entire exchange, Hisoka hasn't moved from that single spot. And when he does move, he zooms forward at a speed Gon is not prepared for. He punches Gon in the, uh, in the stomach. And then he sends Gon across the arena, racking up points. Now, if you get to 10 or 11 points, you win the fight. It's like a TKO. But Gon is mad because they're awarding Hisika more and more points um, because he's so much stronger than Gon. I think they're trying to uh, win. or they, they state that they are trying to end the fight sooner for the safety of the contestants. So... In this fight, Gon gets handled. Kisika dominates. And to get the last point, he says, Gon, um, let's do a riddle. Um, since I have attached my aura to your chin, and then he yanks with his finger, and Gon comes flying towards Hisuka, and he punches him again to get more points. He says, okay, um, when did I attach the... When did I attach the aura to your chin? A, when I first hit you, B, 
when you first attacked me or C, uh, when you did your first punch? And Gon says, uh, C. And Kilo was like, no, the answer is D. Um, before you even started. I did it in the very, very beginning. And Gon hadn't been using Gyo, so he wasn't able to see the aura attached to his cheek. And he says, let me show you something, Gon. Look to your right. And he tugs his cheek with the aura, forcing him to look right. But then on the opposite side, a rock comes out of nowhere and hits Gon for another point. And he says, whoops, I meant my right, not your right. And then Hisako wins the fight. And he says, well done, Gon, well done. This is going to be the last time that you and I fight together. Next time, we're going to be fighting in the real world, and there will be no rules, and there will be no restrictions, and we're both going to go out and fight to our heart's content. And I cannot wait to do so. And that sets us up for future. Now, after this tournament, they've reached and achieved the Fighting Under the Heavens tournament. They are in the top tier. Even though they've lost, they now have plenty of money, and they can, and I mean plenty, like millions of dollars from being in the top. And they can now do whatever they want to do next. And it shows Hisaka leaving the, uh, the arena. And as he leaves the arena... He goes and he meets this woman and he's carrying his arms underneath his, uh, his, his armpits and he says, okay, here we go. And she says, okay, hold, I'm going to hold the first arm out and using like nin needle and thread, she rapidly sews his arm back together. And then she says, okay, now that I sewed your first arm, uh, I'm going to do your second arm you can hold it since this one's attached. And he holds his second arm up to his elbow and she sews the second arm back on. And this, oh, I'm, I'm tripping out. This was actually during Kilua's fight where he lost his arm, not during his fight with Gon. I just wanted to throw it in. And he says, he says, okay. She says, okay, all blood vessels, muscles, sinew, bones, everything's reattached. Give it a little bit longer to heal since they were cut off, but you'll be fine. Uh, Hisaka uses his bungee gum to cover up his, uh, the wound. And he says, thank you. That'll be great. And she's like, okay, first arm is uh, 100 million. Second arm is 150 million. Pay up now. <laughs> and Hisaka said, he pays gladly because he loves seeing her technique and he just admires her strength. And he says, don't you want to stay the night, you know, with me? And, but she's gone. Hisaka goes, takes a shower. And as he does, you see his back and you see the tattoo of the spider mini leg spider with a number on his back. And you realize that Hisaka is a member of the Phantom Troop. But then he looks down at his back and he goes, whoops, I didn't know this was on. And he pulls it off using his bungee gum. And you realize that he is a member, sort of, of this organization. The, the, the organization that Kurapika is looking to defeat. The organization that killed Kurapika's entire clan and Hisaka is pretending to be a member. What's going on? So at the end of the tournament, Gon and Kilua uh, are, are getting ready to leave. And as they do, Wing says, Kilua, congratulations on winning the tournament. You have now passed the Nin student. They did the water test one more time. The water was so sweet, it's basically honey when Kilua did it. Zushi is able to make his uh, leaf zoom around the, uh, the top of the glass without any problem. Gone fills so much extra water that it just spills over the sides. And they say, Kilua, congratulations on learning Nin. And Gone, congratulations on passing the secret second portion 
of the hunter's exam. You are now a full-fledged hunter. And they're shocked. And Wing says, we don't popularize the existence of Nin, but you have to learn Nin in order to be a full hunter. So he says, congratulations, Gon. You now are recognized as a full hunter. And he says, Kilua, if you take the exam next year, I'm positive you'll pass. And Kilua acts bashful, but he's like, you know, no big deal. Thank you. Um, Gon says, do you have any updates on the rest of uh, the people? He said, yes, Karapika has also learned Nin, and so has uh, Hanzo. Um, some of the other candidates are still learning. Leorio is studying for uh, uh, his medical exams, but he's working very hard. And now that you guys have learned the tenets, um, you can come back and visit anytime. And then Zushi says, you know, it was great to meet you. And he does his very professional martial arts salutes. Osu! And they say, okay, we're going to be on our way because we have to meet our friends. We have to meet them in York Shin City, which is now York New in the newer versions. And they say, okay. And as they're walking away, Zushi says, master, I'm frustrated. And he says, why? And he says, because they progress at such crazy speeds. It doesn't seem fair. And he says, oh, Zushi, you are one in 500,000 students. You're progressing at such a crazy speed for your age. Everybody would be jealous of you. But those two, they're like one in a million. The rate at which they learn is ridiculous. They come around once a generation. Don't feel jealous of them. That's just how it is. And in this life, even though you're blessed, that comparison can tear you up inside. And so Zushi says, I understand, Master, though he's still a little frustrated, but he, it's hard to uh, recognize your own strength when we think about comparative strength. So on that note, that is the end of the Tournament Under the Sky arc. And Gon and Kilu are now going to go see their friends in York New. And as this arc ends, we pan over to a quick clip showing Leorio studying, reading through texts, trying to become a doctor. And then we pan back to Karapika. Karapika looks more weather-worn. He looks a little bit more beaten down. And it shows him walking towards some really auspicious, bizarre, almost terrifying mansion in the distance. What is up next for Kurapika in the hunter-hunter journey? Now that we know the existence of Nin, now that we know that he has learned Nin, what's going to be happening next? So that is the tournament, and that is the Rescue Killua arc on Uncle Hokage's anime podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I love Hunter Hunter, and we are really going in. The next time, we're going to talk about the York New arc, and um, let's see, what comes after York New? I believe it's... Um, Greed Island, but I don't think we're going to get into Greed Island. I think we're going to do the York New Arc, and we're going to get into um, getting to Greed Island before before it starts. There's so much to talk about when it comes to Hunter Hunter. I, I I cannot ever get enough, and I really want to thank you guys for sticking through this. If you're an obsessed Hunter Hunter fan like me, and you just want to relive these moments again and again and again, and if you've reread this a million times, this is old hat to you. But Either way, I don't know if this is valuable information to you or not. 
I love this manga. I think it's the greatest piece of literature ever written. And I can't stop reading it. And it's so complex and so unique. So do me a favor and share this podcast with one other person. And um, I've got another podcast that I'm going to be posting after the Hunter exam. I have a really dope interview with a really cool guy named Kwon Su, and he is going to, uh, he's an upcoming voice actor. And so we're going to follow his journey a little bit and see how things are going with him. And we want to tell you guys, like, always do whatever you want to do. Wake up in anime, go to sleep in JRPG, and like, share, subscribe. Love, peace, and hair grease. Cue the music. <laughs>